Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the New York Giants are back at it tomorrow night, primetime, Thursday night football on the road in San Francisco to take on the 49ers, a one-on-one record to start the season, but maybe the Giants can sneak away with an upset win and San Francisco get to two-on-one, or maybe not. The 49ers are a damn good football team, but if the Giants take care of business and manage to fix these three keys to victory... They could find themselves on the winning end of the scoreboard. And in today's episode, we're going to go ahead and dive into those three keys to earning the victory for the New York Giants. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And how are you feeling about the three keys to the New York Giants getting the victory in week three? I'm doing pretty good, man. I feel like we have a good opportunity here to actually put a competitive product on the football field. Coming off that secondary, uh, you know, that that comeback win, ridiculous win over Arizona, there is going to be a a portion of this game that's going to come down to can we sustain offensive drives? Now we're going to talk about the three keys here, and we're going to talk about how the Giants can actually remain competitive. Like you saw what the Rams did this past week into the 49ers, had over 300 passing yards, but the truth is they didn't actually have any explosive plays. They had uh, all of their throws were below 20 yards, and I think the Giants need to put the 49ers on their back foot early and take some shots. Like they got to give, manufacture some pockets for Daniel Jones. I got to give this offense a little bit of a um, some confidence, and I think those explosive of plays to Jalen Hyatt early on in that second in that second half really sparked that uh, offense and, and really gave us a chance to make that comeback. But it, you saw what it did. Like those big plays fueled um, the confidence of the offense, and I feel as though maybe that's a recipe for success. Something that we need to continue building off of. Without Saquon Barkley, despite the fact that Brian Dable said that he he's feeling better, he's trending up. He's not going to play, guys. I mean, he's four days removed from an ankle sprain. There's no freaking way he plays. If he does, the guy's a superhuman. Um, but I'll say, I'll say this: guys that stand to gain from Saquon's loss primarily in the passing game. I mean, you got Eric Gray, you got Brightwell, and Matt Brad, I got to get a little bit of action here, but Jalen Hyatt's the guy I'm looking at, man. He needs to get more involved in this scheme. Darren Waller, too. They're going to lean in on Waller, but leaning in on Waller and allowing him to make some nice plays is going to open up the offense for other people. Um, so sustained drives are going to keep the defense off the field, keep them healthy, keep them rested, and allow them to put their best foot forward because we've seen a really bad version of the defense um, for the Giants over the past two weeks. And the second half of the game against Arizona, it was better, but we still let them answer immediately after that first score in the second half. Um, they did end up scoring eight points of the two-point conversion. We had a couple of stops late in the contest, but it was freaking Arizona. We need the defense to step up and actually perform against the 49ers, which is a much different team. Christian McCaffrey, we're going to talk about him as the second key, but, you know, Anthony, what do you think this offense needs to do to sustain drives? It's going to be hard to set the tone in the run game. They have an elite defense. They have freaking Fred Warner. Um, they have some phenomenal players in Bosa and whatnot. How do you, if you're the Giants, what are you attacking on their defense to actually give your sense a chance to sustain drives and, and keep your defense off the field and rested? 
Yeah, to sustain drives against the San Francisco 49ers defense, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a difficult task. And as you mentioned, running on this defense is going to be a real struggle for the Giants. Here's a crazy stat um, that Dan Duggan tweeted earlier today. The 49ers have not allowed a 70-yard rusher in 30 straight games. That's almost two damn seasons. So the Giants cannot rely on the rushing game in this one. Whether Saquon Barkley is in the lineup or not, don't expect the New York Giants to run all over the San Francisco 49ers defense. This is going to be a game where the Giants have to play through Daniel Jones. They have to let Daniel Jones throw the ball, operate this game, get the ball to Darren Waller. But that's also not going to be an easy task because Darren Waller is going to be covered by Fred Warner, arguably the best coverage linebacker in the NFL right now. So this is a really tough matchup for the Giants, but how do you sustain those drives? There are a few ways to do it. I think that having a nice West Coast passing offense is going to be the key here for the Giants. Now, what I mean about that, quick passes. Get the ball out of the quarterback's hands as soon as possible. RPOs, right, where you have the, where the quarterback has the option to hand the ball off or pull it, run himself, or throw out to the flat for a quick pass on a bubble screen or a quick slant, something like that. Get those RPOs working where it's just real easy for Daniel Jones. Make one quick read and then decide. Get the ball out of his hands as soon as possible so that the offensive line doesn't crumble this game. So I think that the Giants are going to try to set the tone on the ground, but that's easier said than done against this defense. So primarily what you're going to see is the Daniel Jones show, like we saw in the second half of this last game. How did the Giants sustain drives last week in the second half? Well, they let Daniel Jones play. They let him make all the throws that he wanted, throw those deep shots at calculated moments in the game, and play with a lot of play action. That's something that I've been hitting on really heavy for the Giants leading into the season and after last week's game, watching them switch to that play action passing attack in the second half and find so much success. That's what the New York Giants need to rely on against the 49ers because the 49ers have some very aggressive defensive linemen. They're going to crash down on those play action fakes, no matter who is in the backfield. Whenever a team does those fake play actions, it doesn't matter who the runner is, the defense still has to respect the play action, hesitate for at least a second, and play the run before they start playing the pass. And that just gives players like Jalen Hyatt, who have so much speed, that one to two seconds that it takes for the defense to hesitate before they realize it's a pass that's Jalen Hyatt going 30 yards down the field and getting open on a deep bomb. You know, that's it's that simple for the Giants. So what that I think that when you look at how Daniel Jones played off the play action last week compared to how he played in week one, the Giants only called play action on, I think it was 20% of their snaps in week one versus 50% of their snaps in week two. It's a huge difference, but you saw how, how much that improved this offense. The Giants couldn't score points in week one. In week two, they were able to score some points get themselves a win, and I think that in week three, going up against a very aggressive and very good defense with the San Francisco 49ers, you're going to see plenty of play action to simplify things for Daniel Jones, give him an extra second in the pocket, and allow him to make some of these quick, decisive passes into the flat to Paris Campbell that they haven't really connected on just yet, but they're, they've been trying. They've been trying to get Paris Campbell loose in the flat, and they've been connecting with Darren Waller a lot over the middle of the field, and I think that's going to be the focal point. So, Play action, long, quick passing drives, setting the tone on the ground, and just letting Daniel Jones be the leader of this offense, running it through him. And when we talk about the Giants not having much of a running game in this one, 
I don't think that's necessarily true because Daniel Jones can run. You know, he can make those plays with his legs maybe better than the running backs can in this game because yes, the 49ers do have such a good run defense, but when Daniel Jones pulls it on those keepers, on those quarterback design runs, no defense ever sees that coming for the most part. It always catches people off guard. So if they call more quarterback design runs for Jones, I think that he's going to pick up a lot of yardage on the ground. And again, having those play action, that, that play action quick passing game and that West Coast offense going for Jones, that's when he really strives. And I think that in this week three game, if the Giants are going to pull this out, it's going to be through the shoulder, through the arm of Danny Dimes. Let him get loose with those play actions and also let him get loose with his legs. So I think that's going to be the key here, Alex, for Daniel Jones is going to be the guy. If the Giants end up pulling out this unlikely victory, it's going to be on the shoulders of Daniel Jones once again. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be. He's going to have to step up and, and definitely put together a really, really good performance. But, you know, talking about the second um, key here, stopping, not stopping, limiting Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's had almost 300 yards of all-purpose um, production over the first two weeks of the season. He has been dominant. He's been elite. They are opening up gaps for him to expose. And he's a hell of, he's really freaking hard to bring down. So, you know, if you're if you're the Giants... You are looking at your interior guys. You're like, Dexter, keep doing what you're doing. Doing a good job. Leonard Williams, stop playing this disappearing act. You got to show up. You got to be the best version of yourself in this one. Like, you got to be the vintage Leonard Williams who dominates the interior, makes stops in the run game, shows that hustle. He's been a little bit of a non-factor over the first two weeks, to say the least. Kayvon Thibodeau, he was on the backside of a lot of those plays in week two. Now's your chance to seal the edge and, and get involved. There, you know, If you want to make an impact, stop Christian McCaffrey, make a couple tackles for a loss, give your offense a fighting chance. Um, and then on the other side of that, you have maybe Ozizo Jolari, who's still a game-time decision. Um, you're probably going to have Jihad Ward, who struggled a lot in week two. Um, you have Boogie Basham. You know, there's, there's not much there behind Ojolari. So, you know, Ward is a, is a better run stopper than he is a pass rusher. So hopefully he can help in that regard. But we need these guys to be angry and confident and fired up. Um, and the linebackers, here's my take on the linebackers. Bobby Okereke, excellent job in the, in the second half of that game on Sunday. Excellent job. First half, we'll forget about it because you stepped up so big in the second half. But at LB2, give me Isaiah Simmons in this game. I, I want Isaiah Simmons in this game. Uh, Micah McFadden missed 50% of his tackles in week two. Um, he was a liability in coverage. I want Simmons in this game. He's athletic. We need guys that have that type of speed and awareness and also can cover. He's got to be playing as a starter in this contest. That's my take right now. The Giants are committed to playing the best players. They always say, we don't care where you were drafted. We are playing the best players at all times. Isaiah Simmons right now is better than Micah McFadden, and I I think that's an objective fact. So um, at least right now. And as I said a couple weeks ago when we first got Simmons, best case scenario, Simmons won, ended up winning that job um, and, and, and got significant reps and you know made a positive impact on this defense let the best man win right now Simmons is deserving of more starting reps because McFadden struggled so much last week this has to be a play the hot hand Simmons is the hot hand he had a couple really nice plays um, against Arizona and and he showed that he wants to be out there and and not that McFadden doesn't but I I think he just missed too many tackles for me to trust him against a team that's a has an elite running game like the 49ers if you're missing tackles against Christian McCaffrey you're getting scored on that's what Christian McCaffrey does to you if you miss a tackle on him he may take it to the freaking house. You can't miss those tackles. So, you know, right now I'm a leaning Simmons because of that variable. Um, but that's kind of like my perspective there. McCaffrey can beat you in the air. He can beat you on the ground. You got to have a guy that can, you know, step in and help support the run, but also support the pass. So that's why I'm leaning Simmons in that regard. But, you know, how do you think you stop 
McCaffrey or limit McCaffrey rather. Um, it's a tough task for sure, uh, but I think that we have the personnel to get it done. These guys just gotta st- just gotta show up and play, honestly. Yeah, there's no stopping Christian McCaffrey in my mind. You could slow him down. You could try to neutralize him. You could try your best with him. But, you know, I like what you mentioned there with Isaiah Simmons. Simmons is clearly the more athletic, the more toolsy linebacker of the two between him and Micah McFadden. Micah McFadden being the guy that you kind of want to be just that run stuffer, um, kind of thump down in the running game, uh, shoot through some gaps and make some tackles. He's been missing those tackles, though, so it's kind of hard to rely on him in that role. But with Isaiah Simmons, the speed is there. If you're going to have either one of those two guys match up on on Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, it's got to be Simmons. I think that you will see more Isaiah Simmons this week. One of the reasons why is because Micah McFadden came out of that game, played pretty much the entire game in week two, and now a quick turnaround in week three. I think they're going to have to rely on those backups just a little bit more this week. You know, even talking about the edge rushers like Kayvon Thibodeau, he's been on the field a ton. Um, Dexter Lawrence has been on the field a ton. A a lot of these guys, I think, are just going to have to step off of the field for a little bit and let these backups play a bit more. You might see more O'Shane Zimenez. You might see more Nacho uh, Roche. So I think that there's a lot of players who are going to get more playing time, and Isaiah Simmons deserves to be one of them because he looked really good in week two. Now, he only played about 15 snaps, but in in those 15 snaps, he was an impact player, making tackles, looking good in coverage. So now you're going up against this high-flying uh, 49ers running game that has just the best running back in the NFL coming out of the backfield as a receiver as well, and you need someone who can match up with him. But I will also throw out the fact that I think the Giants might want to take one of their safeties and put them in the box a little bit more this week. Now, you know, Alex, I've been very high on Xavier McKinney ever since he joined the New York Giants, and I've always said he's really good in the box. The Giants have made him this free safety ball hawk on the deep end of the field, and he's great at that. But he's also really good at getting down into the box and covering tight ends, covering running backs out of the flat, and covering slot receivers. So I think you might see just a little bit more of Xavier McKinney dropping down into the box, let uh, Jason Pinnock try and hold his own on the back end. Maybe you see another safety like a Dane Belton drop into that free safety role, move Pinnock over to that strong safety, and have Xavier McKinney play a little bit more of that box role um, as one of those linebackers rotationally in a dime package. So I like what McKinney does in that regard. And if I do trust any of our defensive backslash hybrid linebackers to cover Christian McCaffrey, it probably is Xavier McKinney. So I'd expect the Giants to try and make that matchup the focal point here, not necessarily put Isaiah Simmons back on the field for, you know, for more snaps than they anticipated and have him covered Christian McCaffrey. I don't think a linebacker, no matter how athletic this linebacker is, gets it done against Christian McCaffrey. I think it's got to be a really good coverage safety who can make some clutch tackles. And to my mind, that is Xavier McKinney. So slowing down Christian McCaffrey, no easy task. The linebackers need to step up. The defensive line needs to step up as well. The Giants have let up a bunch of rushing touchdowns through the first two weeks. I think it's five in two games, two last week, three in week one. They need more, you know, like Sean Robinson needs to step up on those goal line packages. DJ Davidson needs to be better. I'd like to see Jordan Riley active this week. He was inactive, a healthy scratch last week. Didn't make sense to me after that tackle for loss that he had in week one. I thought he flashed really rare abilities on that one tackle for loss that he had in the first game. So for him to be a healthy scratch in week two was a head scratching decision for me. So I'd like to see Jordan Riley on the active roster this week and hopefully get out there and get some playing time because DJ Davidson, his play has been pretty much uninspiring. I guess that's the best way to describe it. So I'd like to see Riley get some run here and also keep in mind, Alex, it's not just Christian McCaffrey in that backfield. They also have Elijah Mitchell, who's a pretty damn good runner in his own right. Now he doesn't get out of the backfield and make all the plays that Christian McCaffrey does. I mean, McCaffrey's going to line up in the slot in certain points of this game, you know? Elijah Mitchell doesn't do all that, but Elijah Mitchell is a damn good runner with the football. They will give him some 
handoffs as well maybe on those goal line packages where McCaffrey's probably helped them down the field the entire time needs a little bit of a break then you got to worry about Elijah Mitchell coming in with fresh legs and punching it in for a score so this is a really dynamic rushing attack. It's also led by Kyle Shanahan, the best offensive coach in the NFL, in my mind, who, who schemes together the best running game in the NFL, in my mind. The way that he sets things up in the rushing game is just dominant from a coaching standpoint. So the Giants are going to have their hands full. But like I said, slowing down Christian McCaffrey in the passing game, I think comes down to Xavier McKinney. And then slowing down the running game in general is just going to come down to those defensive linemen up front being better than they have in the past weeks. Because Bobby Okereke made some great plays in run defense, didn't really miss many tackles in week two, shot some gaps and made some really tremendous plays. But overall, what we were seeing was a, a failure up front, a lack of uh, plugs being or gaps being plugged by the defensive linemen so the linebackers didn't even have the chance to make a lot of those plays other than the ones that Micah McFadden unfortunately missed with those tackles but I think that it, it's going to be a complex task here slowing down this running game but I think we need the guys like Leonard Williams Dexter Lawrence and Ashawn Robinson to really step up in this one <laughs> I'm just looking at their defensive line right now it's actually like terrifying it's it's actually like just scary to look at i mean you have clellan farrell they have drake jackson behind him as their second option eric armstead javon hargrave nick bosa and dre greenlaw good god and they have javon kinlaw behind javon hargrave jesus christmas that is insane their defensive line is gonna be so freaking good i mean they are so freaking good and that leads me to my third key <laughs> how does the offensive line survive this game um you have a rookie essentially in in marcus mcheathen at right guard you don't have ben bredesen you're probably not gonna have andrew thomas again you have josh azudu a second year guy basically a rookie at left tackle you have who glowinski at left guard you have john michael schmitz a rookie at center and you have evan neal at right tackle oh wow um yeah i don't know how this is gonna go guys this is this is gonna be a it could be a bloodbath in the trenches um this uh, this offensive line has no right to be facing off against this type of defensive front we're talking about elite experienced players versus guys who are just barely getting their feet wet in the nfl right now it could be a long day for the Giants. It's going to be really, really hard um, to navigate this one and, and to scheme around this pass rush. But like you said, they're going to have to follow the Rams model. They're going to have to get rid of the ball really fast. RPOs, um, you know, those slants across the middle, take what the defense is giving them, really just copy and paste what the Rams just did and hope to God their the Giants' defense steps up. Like, this offensive line is going to have to have the, one of the best games we've seen in a long time to, to actually remain competent and survive this one. Evan Neal specifically, Specifically, you're gonna have to step up, buddy, man. This is this is your test. This is where we see if you can hold your own in the NFL. This is where we see if we can actually have a sliver of faith and hope left um, on the right side at the right tackle position before we have to make a potential change. This is where you see it, man. This is where you gotta showcase what you've learned and done this whole offseason. This is a really tough defensive line, Anthony. What are you thinking about this right now? Uh, honestly, just reading it on paper just gives me chills. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be a really big challenge for these guys. Yeah, Alex, we were talking about this in the live stream last night. Nick Bosa hasn't had a sack yet this season. I think he's five games in a row, including the postseason, without a sack. So he's due for one. You know, I, we weren't looking at that as, oh, Nick Bosa's struggling right now. No, he's got more pressures than anybody in the NFL right now. He is due for a sack, and it's probably going to be a game breaker. So the Giants just need to find ways to 
avoid Nick Bosa at all costs, really. It's not going to be easy. He's so disruptive. He led the NFL in sacks last season. I mean, when you're looking at Daniel Jones through two games, he's been under pressure 47% of his dropbacks. That's a ridiculous number. More than almost half the time, he's getting hit on his throws. Um, And then when you're talking about him going up against the best defensive line in football, it gets really scary, especially with all the inexperience on the line, like you mentioned. But what I will say is that this ties back in, in my opinion, to the conversation earlier about the play-action passing game. There are a lot of ways to use play-action to mitigate pressure. Again, that one to two seconds that the defense is thinking it might be a run gives you that buffer period as a quarterback. Gets you just an extra second to survey the field and find the open guy. But also, there's other ways to use play-action to manufacture a clean pocket. How about a bootleg? Right, we used to see that a lot when, I hate to bring up his name, but when Ben McAdoo was the offensive coordinator here in 2016, the Giants' offensive line really sucked, but they were able to make it to the postseason because with Eli Manning, they just put him on bootlegs pretty much all game long. They would just fake the pass or fake the play action to the left side, have him roll out to the right, and then just have a shallow crosser across the middle of the field. And that's what the Giants can do here. You know, you can fake a handoff to Matt Breda on the left side and have Darren Waller drag across the middle of the field on the under, and then on the over, have Darius Slayton up top or Isaiah Hodgins, who's been really good on those medium to deep crossers as well, and just have Daniel Jones roll out and find the open guy. It creates an extra second or two for him to find that guy, and it makes the pass rushers chase him rather than stand there getting after him while he stands like a statue in the pocket. So there are ways to mitigate a pass rush through coaching, through play calling, and play action is the key here. I expect to see the Giants run some of those bootlegs. In fact, that's a play that was really successful for them last year. Remember against Chicago, they had the bootleg to the right side and Daniel Jones took off up the left side of the field for a touchdown. I think he did it twice in that game, if I'm not mistaken. And on the season, I think he did it three or four times with those fake play actions to one side, bootleg rollout, and then he just took off with it and scored touchdowns in 2022. So maybe now is the time for the Giants to pull that play out of the playbook. We haven't seen it through two weeks, but they're holding on to it. Maybe they run that little bootleg play action, let Daniel Jones take off, score a touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers. That might be the way to make up for the loss of Saquon Barkley and to mitigate some of this pressure from this fearsome um 49ers pass rush. So I think that there are ways to get by it. You know, it's not going to be easy when you want to drop back and pass. You want to have a long developing passing play. Can you against this team? Probably not. So really the key here is to make sure that your offensive line is given as little to do as possible with those quick passing games and that West Coast concept and with a lot of those bootlegs, those rollouts and those play action passes. That's the key for me here. It's not about the offensive line just surviving. It's about the coaching staff not asking the offensive line to do too much. That's really crucial here is to just call those plays where your offensive line just has to hold on for a second or two while you have something manufactured baked into the play for a quick read or a quick decision from Daniel Jones. We said earlier in the episode, Alex, this this game really does rely on the shoulders of Daniel Jones. He's going to have to lead this team, but you don't want it to rely on the offensive line and Daniel Jones. Try to take the offensive line out of the equation on these play calls. That's got to be the key for Mike Kafka here as he calls these plays. We assume that he's going to be. I don't think that Brian Dable's taken over as a full-time play caller, so I think Mike Kafka is going to be calling the plays. But a lot of those play calls, they need to be some bootlegs. Get Daniel Jones into space. Let him run. You know, let him get off script. Let him make throws on the run as well. And also just a lot of play action to make sure that the offensive line isn't breaking the game for the Giants. That's the key in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see how the Giants scheme up this offense against this crazy good defense with this insane 
insane pass rush. Like I said, I think Nick Bosa is due for a sack, but maybe the Giants can just keep doing bootlegs to the other side of the field. Nick Bosa's on the left side, bootleg to the right. Nick Bosa's on the right side, bootleg to the left. Just keep running away from him if you're Daniel Jones. There are ways to take him out of the game. It's not going to be easy, though. He's an absolute game breaker, and I am scared of the fact that Evan Neal is going to have to block him on more than one occasion on Thursday Night Football. But we'll see how the Giants hold up. I think it's coming down to coaching in this one. The Giants are clearly outmatched talent-wise, but last season, we saw games where the Giants didn't have as much talent as their opponent, and they pulled off wins because Brian Dable and his coaching staff willed that team to victory. So it comes down to coaching in this one. Now, the 49ers do have an excellent coaching staff, but maybe this Giants staff has a couple tricks up their sleeve, can get the best of a short week um, from San Francisco and get this sneaky win on the road. That's what I'm hoping for. So those are the three keys to victory, though, and I think that they are good ones, and if the Giants do them, they can find themselves on the winning side of this game. They got a lot of momentum coming out of that second half against Arizona, and I'm hoping to see the Giants build on that and get another improbable victory. But that pretty much wraps this one up. Make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one, and let's go Giants.